Greetings and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny and trying to be smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. I'm your current acting captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have... I forgot a pun. Again, <laughs> I, forgot. I keep on doing this. I don't know why I keep on doing There's this. There's no episode to make a pun at. It's uh, okay, I, Paul. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I'm Paul Satachit, everyone. <laughs> and we also have joining us tonight... Hi, I'm Tony Kim. Welcome, Tony. We are so glad you're here. And ba -ba -ba -da, Clyde, Clyde Haynes. <laughs> Beaming in at the last second. Um, tonight, we are going to have a good old-fashioned nerdy Trek chat hangout. We're going to be talking about some questions from the live stream. So if you have them, start thinking about that. Uh, we'll talk about some of our favorite Trek moments. Uh, we're going to obviously talk about Trek merchandising and all the things we love to purchase and put in our homes. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the conventions and cons that are coming up. Um, but first, Paul, can you uh, remind people where they can find us on the internet? Yes. Uh, let's see. Hey, people. Uh, I'm supposed to remind you where you can find us on the internet. So if you uh, like our stuff, like listen, Paul, remind the listeners to subscribe to podcasts. To, to the, oh my God, I'm falling apart. It's okay. You can find oh us on goodness. Apple, Spotify, <laughs> YouTube. You can find all our links at StarTrekPod.co. And maybe, Paul, you can talk about the Patreon. I believe in you. Yes, we have a Patreon. If you like our episodes, and if you don't like me, still subscribe. <laughs> uh, just for $2 per episode at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. In Indeed. And uh, Clyde, would you like to tell folks how they can participate in the chat this evening if they're tuning in live? Yes. Smoke signals tonight. That's how you can get us. No. <laughs> Seriously, uh, if you are watching us live on your streaming platform, um, then we just ask that you type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat. And that will let us know about your thoughts, your comments, your questions. And we'd be happy to peruse them and just maybe talk about them live on air indeed it's thank like you all i have that bajoran like uh design disease on deep space nine where it made people like like not be able to talk <laughs> do, do you remember that episode like season one anyone anyone well, that, that's what deep cut deep that cut deep that's right it, you know season one is definitely deep cut but like uh but yeah that's how it feels like right now um I believe in you, Paul. You can come back from this. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to find out. We're gonna, I'm in penalty um, box. Yes. Um, but obviously tonight we are joined um, by our very special guest, Tony B. Kim. Um, Tony, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience. Um, and my first question I always love asking people is, what was your gateway into Star Trek? Yeah. So um, uh, my company is called Hero Within. Uh, we do kind of sophisticated geek fashion apparel for fans. And we've been, we've worked with uh, great brands like uh, Marvel and DC and um, Godzilla, Doctor Who. And we uh, proudly uh, represent Star Trek as well. So um, uh, we've been in business for, geez, how long has it been now? This is like our sixth year. Uh, it feels like the 60th year <laughs> after the pandemic. Um, but uh we've been um really so excited to be able to create and design and produce star trek merch and it's really one of my first geek 
loves and you know to your question of how you know the, the gateway into star trek i remember being like um i mean i was teeny tiny um and i was i don't know maybe i don't know seven or eight years old or something like that and um my older brother who you know you always love whatever your older brother's into or older siblings into and he told me that there is this movie coming out called Star Trek the Motion Picture that is based on this old TV show. And my, I remember being so young and thinking to myself, wait a minute, they took like characters from a TV show and like it's the same characters in the movie and like they're like continuing their story. Like I remember just being so fascinated with that concept that like these characters lived outside of like the television world, you know, they could live in other mediums like comics and movies and other things like that. So um, what a, what a novel concept now. <laughs> then, yeah. 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 Right. And of course, back then all we had were like newspaper clippings and things like that. So there was nothing, you know, they, there was this, you know, big, these big articles that have come out announcing the, the motion picture. And it was like a year out from, you know, releasing it. So, during that year waiting and while all my friends were um, into Star Wars and I love Star Wars too, but while they're all into other, other properties, my brother and I were just counting down the days till Star Trek, the motion picture came out and we were at in preparation. We just like committed ourselves to watch and just be able to catch the, um, the original series when it, when it, when it was airing, of course there was no, VHS or uh, no DVR or anything like that. So we were just kind of catching it, you know, whenever it was playing on TV. And um, I, you know, that movie, the movie came out and, you know, it, for a lot of, uh, it, it wasn't popular for a lot of uh, eight year olds out there, but <laughs> I fell in love. I, you know, it just was, I couldn't believe it. It was beautiful and it was so like magical and it really like transported me to this, truly to the 23rd century. And, um, you know, ever since then, I never looked back. And I was at every opening of every Star Wars ever, or Star Trek ever since. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I got into my, you know, I'm a, to thank my brother for it. But it, honestly, it was this, it was this uh, full-page spread, or a uh, uh, full, yeah, full-page black and white newspaper spread of the, of the Enterprise. And the, the cast were, you know, it was a, it was a big... Um, mm -hmm photo of the enterprise with the cast standing in front and that image just captured my imagination at a young age i, I mean that uh it it sounds really relatable i i'm trying to think of what my first star trek movie experience was and i think you know going to a theater for me it was star trek 2009 because there was such mm -hmm. a big gap because i grew up watching um voyager and and some of tng but um but truly i didn't get to have that trek movie in a theater on the big screen experience until 2009 um clyde and paul what was your first um star trek movie experience like going to the theater and seeing it clyde where'd you go uh, I think for me, it was, I want to say, Generations, maybe. Really? That late? I don't know. I'm trying to think. The first, like, TNG, because that was really my thing. It's like, I think, I, I'm, I don't know that I saw any of the original series movies actually in the theater. Wow. Right? 
But I think the minute that I was seeing this crossover, mm-hmm. I, that's not true. I want to say, was it like Star Trek five or six? Like, is there like, you know, what does God need with a starship? Or, <laughs> or was it like, you know, uh, Shakespeare in Klingon? I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to think. I, I remember Generations because I was like, mm-hmm. now we're getting into my track, right? Because to me, TOS was always my mom's track for a while, right? Because oh. I remember my mother was a big Trekkie. And so, you know, it'd be a Saturday afternoon. I'd pop out of my, from my room and she was in the living room watching Trek. And I was like, what is this? And then I couldn't leave. I just want to like, okay, what, what's happening next? And I remember seeing it, but it wasn't really like, so I've probably seen a bunch of the original series, but it wasn't really mine. Gotcha, and gotcha. so I remember watching the movies, but usually on, you know, VHF or, you know, when they came on HBO or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was all into TNG from day one. And so when Generations came out, I was like, count me in. Yeah. Like for me, like I remember wanting to see raft of Khan because mm-hmm. you know i was a big space seed fan like you know like how can you not be in that episode right uh and i did i couldn't get a ride to the theater like like you know no one was uh no one was <laughs> is this me a where ride. this stems from paul i was gonna, I, I don't know if people know but paul is like the 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 friend you can count on who is always willing to give you a ride to the airport in los angeles which is like <laughs> the rarest quality in a friend i have come to find out um so is this like the deep-seated trauma paul that, that has so made you a reliable like, you know, like, transport I, I didn't drive till i was 21 uh <laughs> yeah. and and so and when my parents or my people go like why don't you drive well i got people to drive me yeah. But like you know, because I'm an asshole. But like you know, <laughs> but but at like you know, at, once they started driving, I go well. Now I got to pay it forward or, or pay back. You know, like. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so I remember watching Star Trek Three in the theater. Mm. Uh, but it was just Star Trek Three isn't one of my favorite ones. So, uh, but I remember being in San Francisco watching star trek 4 like waiting in line oh wow yeah, yeah wow. It, it, it was it was a really big deal like you know it, it was a great theater and it was it was just really you know like say what you will about four like you know because whales but like it was it's it was my favorite one it was really <laughs> it was really fun and i was i was probably old enough to really appreciate it like you know like just enough to go like oh you know this is all great and like you know and i was living in san francisco at the time like i was like maybe 13 or whatever so mm-hmm. it all just meant something and, and like mm-hmm. as far as like the, that, that that's the like and ever since then like you know i'm like day one or two of going to see star trek movies like when they're out but like um but definitely like you know that four is the one where i go like that is that's like a like peak season you know of uh going out to see star trek movies for me. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, that leads me mm-hmm. to uh, another question I love asking folks um, is if you have a favorite Trek memory. So this isn't often like it doesn't have to be your first memory of Trek. But if you have one that you particularly enjoy, that's like fun, um, that you've like, I don't know, interacted with other fans at cons or, or um, you know, maybe it is like a, a time you got to share Star Trek with someone um, who has never uh, experienced it before. Um, what about you, Tony? Um, you know, I, yeah, geez, so many memories to choose from so many, uh, great memories. And, um, the, the one I'm about to share probably isn't so great, but it's also really awesome. Um, I, you know, I, uh, Paul already mentioned this, but I, I, 
remember I started one experience. Uh, could not wait to see Star Trek Two, of course, and yeah. um, I was so devastated with the loss of Spock in that. Oh, movie. sure, like, yeah, I yeah. could. I, yeah, it was the first time I ever cried in a movie theater, uh-huh. yeah. and it it was the first time that I, as a young kid, I experienced loss. Like it felt this genuine yeah. sense, like I lost someone real. You know, I yeah, no. I could yeah, not, yeah. I I couldn't believe it, and uh, you know, because even at that time, it was like. Um, you know, when you think about all, there, there wasn't a ton of big franchises out. There was sure. Star Wars. Um, and just like how it was like, spoiler alert, like Darth Vader is Luke's father, you know, and he needs the hand. And, <laughs> what? You know, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> forever <laughs> ruined. I'm forever ruined now. I don't... But, you know, that same level of just like the shock and awe of that occurring, you know, was, was um, yeah, it was, it, 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 I couldn't believe it. So, um yeah, for me, like it, it was the again, first time. Yeah, it was the first time that I go like, "Oh, a hero can die." Mm, right? Movie? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, what? Well, what the? What the, What just yeah. happened? And then, you know, Kirk going like, in all my travels, he's the most human. <laughs> <laughs> but besides the fact that that's like my that, that is my you know favorite Star Trek movie, uh, it was you know so incredible. So the, besides the fact that the movie itself was so amazing that moment and walking out of that theater and just feeling like I, it felt to me that like I had lost someone that I actually knew, you know? And, mm-hmm. and uh, so that kind of, that kind of at a young age really informed me about the power of storytelling and that uh, even though these are imaginary characters, you know, they still impact us in very real ways. And so just kind of dealing with loss and grief and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then they announced, Star Trek: The Search for Spock, and I thought, hmm, maybe he's coming back. I had a, I had a, I had a suspicion he might be coming back, but yeah, that's probably my what's burned in my brain after all these years. Awesome, awesome. I like that, uh, Paul Clyde. Anything you want to share? You, you know, I talk about this often, and that is j- just for me, especially in the in the nineties, how important it was to to really see someone who looked like me on television and and even more so a nerd um so to see jordy and this is gonna sound kind of interesting but or weird but also to see his his love interest and failure and so spectacular failure of love interest (laughs) To uh, to uh, um, you're like oh, like to a hottie. It just it, it it was like oh he gets it like he yes like this is this is me and not only was it me but it was some friends of mine that we could like it was just like wow we felt seen and so to to be able to talk to other you know guys to about trek and to really nerd out about trek was like hmm like we can we can really get into this and have conversations um and i don't feel weird like i thought it was mm-hmm. like that was just something special to me like you know that water cooler conversation that you have this was this was different love it love it uh mm-hmm. for me I think it was a rerun episode of a Voyager, uh, a Voyager episode, Taylor, Tinker, Soldier, Doctor. Hmm. Uh, so like I had gone, uh-huh. yeah, I was, I was on a date and we were, this is back when the swing dancing was a thing. 
and I had dropped uh, this. Uh, I was dropping this girl off, who, and uh, she asked me, like, you know, hey, do you want to come upstairs and watch Voyager? Uh, because Voyager had come on, like, you know, was at, at that time in L.A. It was on at like eleven or midnight, you know, and and so like I go, well, yes, I would. <laughs> and so uh so uh we're watching watching the episode and i didn't know uh, to say date was like maybe a little too presumptuous i didn't know if she liked me we, we went out swing dancing but like you can be platonic and so throughout the you know throughout the episode i didn't know if this was just friends who happened to be watching uh star trek at midnight after swing dancing <laughs> Or if it was anything that happened, so I, I kind of like was very good and stayed like on my corner of the couch. But apparently, you know, there was like a gravitational anomaly that kind of pulled her closer <laughs> and closer to me. Uh, and at the end of the episode, she was like, like basically like on my lap, and and, <laughs> and so like we made out for a bit, and like four months later, I married her. No. Wild. And, and we're still yeah. married, and we're still watching Star Trek together. Like, like, yesterday, uh, like yesterday, I was, uh, I thought for some reason that Strange New World was premiering, and so we were at, we're up at eleven thirty. Go, you know, we're we gonna watch. Oh, Star we're Trek? so excited! And, 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 and then it's not, and we're going like, oh man, <laughs> that just sucks, you know. So, uh, so like, yeah, so so we we still like Star Trek nerd together. And so I guess I have to say that as, as my, like, one of my favorite memories. You missed I it, Clyde. It was, it was so a good. very every, sweet story. I heard every word of you making out to Star Trek on your couch. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, I was going to plug one of my favorite Star Trek memories is actually watching The Killing Game from Voyager for the first time. Really? The Herogians. Uh, yeah, I think it was like, I love, I mean, I have a special place in my heart for holodeck episodes, but I think it was like, I love it. um, and Nazi holodeck episodes. Well, I, I think it was because it was at the time I was taking like world history and I was like, oh, this is like them talking about, it was like all of the pieces came together in my young little, like, sure, sure, you know, sure. like 10th grader mind where I was like, oh, like they can, you can talk about history in these like fun, fantastical ways. And like, it was like true magic of television. You know, I was sure, like, sure. oh, it. it's already magical that it's like in the future, but then we're going to add this extra layer on yeah, top no, of it. No, um, mm, yeah. I don't know. No, like it's a good episode. Yeah. It's a good episode. Like it, it's a Harry, Harry two parter, you know? <laughs> yeah. Harry Kim Ford mm -hmm. episode. He's a, he's the one holding it all together, right? <laughs> he's trying his hardest. <laughs> Um, you know, if I could, if, if I could uh, add just one more little memory yeah. um, that was important to me, you know, uh, piggybacking off what Clyde was saying, um, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, there for my brother and I, there wasn't, if you ever saw an Asian on TV, it was, he was like karate experts or he was like the uber nerd kind of thing. And so for us, seeing Sulu on screen was really like the first time that we saw somebody that was like, he was cool. I mean, he was flying this enterprise, you know? And um, I remember thinking to myself, like, and, and of course the whole cast kind of being diverse and just thinking, wow, like, and at that particular time, I remember thinking, you know, I, uh, my brother and I um, feeling very sort of marginalized in our community and just not really felt understood. And then realizing that, Oh, there's like, there's like a, a, 
vision and a version of the world where like uh, diversity is embraced, you know, and there's like representation. And, um, and, and I remember just being very inspired by that as a young kid. Yeah, I yeah, think that's I what. Agree more, Tony. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's like why we still love, at least to me, it's like part of the reason I still love that the franchise continues today and like continues to evolve and what it means to have infinite diversity and infinite mm-hmm. combinations. Right? It's mm-hmm. like as the our world has expanded, the Star Trek world has expanded, and it's mm-hmm. nice to see that like they're like, oh, I can see where society is going, and we can like match it and surpass it. Um, in that way we've got yeah. a, um, it's a compass right you know it's a good compass yeah. for where we not where we are but where we could be 100 mm-hmm. percent um we've got a couple of questions and some memories here in the chat i thought i would share so kuhn says um pod garrett wang had dinner with members of my star trek club oh um this may be slightly mean but i jokingly told him i outranked him now as a lieutenant <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> It, it, it sucks because, like, you know, so you have, like, you know, Harry as an ensign and, like, you know, and you have, like, Tom Paris coming in from jail <laughs> yeah. and he's really? still a lieutenant. <laughs> and, 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 he, you know, and, and throughout the whole series until the Water Planet episode, like, it's not that Harry gets promoted. It's like Paris gets demoted. Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Always keeping yeah. the Garrett Wang down. <laughs> so mean um let's see uh marge asks a uh, question for tony what makes us want to dress like our heroes that's a fun question what do you think oh gosh that's a good question you know i i think we want to you know it's funny because one of the and this kind of ties into our, our our backstory as a company is that you know as as we were all you know nerds when we were younger um i think our instinct was you know in our teens or maybe as a young adult whatever to sort of hide that to suppress that to like kind of uh not uh not to be considered a nerd but then now things have so much has changed the mm-hmm. the landscape of pop culture has changed to where it's cool to be weird and it's cool to be different and strange and you know uh normal and perfect is so so boring right so um one of the reasons why we started here within was this whole idea that we shouldn't feel like that there's a separate inside and then there's a separate outside that it should be the same. Like whatever is your passion about on the inside, you should be able to reflect that on the outside and, and be, be proud. Whether you're at in a social environment or at work or at play or wherever you're at, you should feel like that you can kind of represent what you love. So, um, and you know, I have in my closet, a stack up to my head of, the black t-shirts and hoodies that have the big graphic prints, which are fine, you know, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with graphic prints, but um, there's a, th- there are needs to be able to be fashion forward and to, uh, you know, represent what your passions are um, in all kinds of settings. So that a whole idea of like, you know, why and how, why we should we, should we dress like our heroes is, is we should be able to represent what we love all the time whether where, wherever we're at, you know? And so that was kind of the part of the genesis of, of starting, um, you know, here within was this idea of, of dressing like your heroes in a way that's, you know, is flattering and is, um, uh, you know, it's, that makes you feel good about yourself. 
I, I love that. I was recently um, watching an episode of Jeopardy and like one of the contestants was wearing, um, she had this dress that had like the Star Wars rebel um, like mm. emblem on it, but it was so cool. subtle. It was just like right. a pattern on the sleeve. And I was like, oh, like I had to really look. It took me a few times but I was like, that's really cool that it's like, it, it looked like something nice enough that you could wear as a contestant on Jeopardy. But then it had these like subtle things that gave us a glimmer into her personality and what she likes, right? See, yeah, that's the yeah. stuff I love. I love the subtlety, but when you talk about like a glimmer, I'm always mm. thinking that we're we're people who are trying to find our tribe. Mm. And so I like those subtle things where people are like, oh, I get that. And, you know, someone in, mm. you know, Chippy in the chat t- says you can wear s- sports stuff every day. Like if mm. you've got a, right. a favorite sports team, you know, and, you know, like I'm a, I'm a Bears fan, you know, or for a long time being a Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. And you see someone with a Cubs hat, you're like, ah, oh, like you, you get it, right? <laughs> so when I wear a Star Trek shirt, like I have one that I, I think is subtle. It's got four mm-hmm. lights on it and it says, there are four <laughs> lights. And I'm going, if you comment to me on this, then I know you really understand what it is that you just saw, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's an inside joke and it's like, oh, you're probably one of my people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, that's why I love thinking like we're this community and yeah, yeah. it's well, always, I, go ahead, Paul. I was going to say like my wife and I like recently as in like two days ago had this conversation about like, how do we make Cape come back into fashion? <laughs> <laughs> like a business casual Cape. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That would be fun. I um I always think that I have this uh I like when it is like those sort of inside jokes because although I'm like sometimes I wonder what people are thinking the shirt actually is if they have no idea what what it means at all like I have this print from um what we do in the shadows the original movie um mm-hmm. that came out and it's an image of a of a cat but with Jermaine's face on it because the joke in the movie is that he can transform into other things but he can never get the face right and so it's just like <laughs> this very strange shirt though and I've had a lot of people being like oh that's a very interesting shirt and then you try to mm-hmm. explain it and then other people have come up and they're like oh my god I love your shirt like that <laughs> recognition um mm-hmm. is is super fun um I was going to, there was another good question. Oh, um, another one from Marge. Who is your hero? You had to pick one, Tony. Oh gosh. Uh, geez. That's, um, <laughs> yeah. I, we keep so, it in nerddom or we can go IRL. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, just to stay on, um, stay on, t- on topic. Um, yeah. I, I think data and Brent Spiner is probably, Hmm. Um, would be one of my heroes just because I don't, you know, so many fantastic characters in the, I mean, in the 50 plus years of Star Trek, but um, at the heart, at the core, what Star Trek is, is, is what does it mean to be human? You know, the, the hmm. sort of wrestling with humanity. And I don't know if there's a better character, even more than Spock, I think. Like, I love Spock. I incredibly love Spock. But, like, Data and what he's been through, especially as we conclude his, uh, well, seemingly conclude uh, in Picard Season 3, mm-hmm. um, you know, how he has wrestled with his humanity over the the span of several decades, um, I, I think there's just something for everybody to relate to that, you know. And 
I was so I was so touched with how they handled him in season three and the, and the fact that he finally arrived in this human body, but it was far from everything that he's cracked up to be. Like it was, mm-hmm. it presented a whole new set of challenges for him, you know. And um, yeah, so uh, I, I had tons of heroes for sure, um, but I just think that um, that character and of course the brilliant performance of Brent Spiner, you know, just. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been, um, he is, he's been such a gift to Star Trek and as I'm sure everyone would agree to, uh, but yeah, I think his portrayal and that, that character, um, yeah, I, I, one of my favorites for sure. Absolutely. That's a good answer. I mean, not, not to go against it, but like mm. the actual correct answer is <laughs> peanut hamper. It's peanut hamper. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Right, but bam. <laughs> Mama said, knock who, you out. Who knew? Um, you, you know, I was sitting there thinking like. We were going to get through time. this really nice interview and not I have did. a peanut hamper moment. <laughs> so, well, I'm not going to say I thought that because I completely forgot about it. And here in my mind, I'm thinking if Mariah asked me, I should shock Paul and go, Shaw. My hero yeah. is Shaw. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's not. It's not. But I thought you would get a kick out of that. Um, and so when you when you started saying, oh, you know, not to go against, I was like, oh, he's going to say Shaw. And then, boom, you hit me with the peanut hamper. You you got me again every week. The, 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 the way yes. to have done it better is for us to have set up with Tony earlier for him to go like <laughs> my favorite is data. But until peanut hamper that would have been the perfect setup (laughs) (laughs) if we had it uh but tony if you're unaware we somehow managed to bring up peanut hamper okay uh, in every 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 episode episode. um she is truly um our mascot of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) all right in some shape or form um i am trying to think i mean i think um Ahura and specifically Nichelle Nichols would have to be, I think, my selection. Just because oh, I thought you were going to say Colt Mo- uh, Kate Mulgrew for for sure. I, I would have guessed that too. I would I would have guessed Janeway. I I love Kate Mulgrew and I love Janeway, but I think it's like both on and off screen. Like what she was able to do with the platform that she was given mm-hmm. is sure. like just so incredible and just like I mean I love her in all of the movies. Like the animated series, she gets some really great moments and some really fun um, storylines. Like my favorite episode of the animated series is um, when all of the guys go down to the planet and all the women are left to run the ship and then all the men get hypnotized. And it's like they have like the women have to save the day. And it's like um, a, a, one of my favorites. Um but yeah, I mean, she just did. She did so much. Like the fact that there's a drunk history episode about Nichelle Nichols is like <laughs> it cements her, I think, in like that that hero canon for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. Like my my real choice is not Peanut Hamper, but if I, if I had to choose, like you know, it's a it's an unlikely one, but like it's Nog from uh, oh, uh, I like because like for me, he's the person who kind of risks the most to to you know to be what he really is like you know mm-hmm. he's he's a Ferengi who wants to go eventually wants to go into Starfleet mm-hmm. he kind of turns his back on you know what his culture you know uh advocates mm-hmm. for this vision of who he thinks that he can and should be for like the nobler purpose blah 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 mm-hmm. and you know and, and and there's such growth like you you can see him go from a kid to an adult mm-hmm. in a way that like 
it just resonates with me. So like I, mm-hmm. I go like in, in that kind of like you know, if you're Picard or Kirk, you have like you know Captain Superpower. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like you know some kid on uh, like you know running around the you mm-hmm. know Deep Space Nine. And you and you you know you become the first Ferengi captain like it's it's, it's something. Mm-hmm. For for me, you know, I say it all the time. Everyone in the chat's going to know that I have a, a certain affinity for Lavar Burton. But I, I also think now that I'm going back and rewatching, um, and it's it's like it's, it's I'm in a different stage of life. I'm a different mm-hmm. person now. There's a certain I'm drawn to Cisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I'm drawn to Cisco is when he, he's so different, and but it's also this sense of 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 being a dad, right? Mm-hmm. And so as a dad, I'm seeing you know my favorite franchise through this different lens, right? How do you how do you balance the sense of leadership, work, and also being a father, and particularly mm-hmm. being a father where you've you know, you've got a son who's not particularly happy that you're, he's there and you're trying to make a life for him. And it's really, really difficult. But there's just this that that work life balance kind of, you know, in a noble profession. Um, I'm seeing Cisco in a different light these days. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's what's so lovely about there being so many different Trek series, right? And like why I get excited when we get things like uh, the announcement about the Academy series, you know, it's like all of these different avenues for people to find themselves in these shows and that it can grow and change over time because it's like, yeah, like definitely I think uh, I would have said Kate Mulgrew for such a long time, but I think at this point I'm like a little burnt out on being like career leader boss boss living off of coffee and it's like oh but there's someone else i can kind of gravitate towards for a little (laughs) while and like appreciate that all of these different facets can like be a part of of how you learn from these characters and like appreciate these characters you you know who's who subtly is i think what it's all said and done absolutely is uh, making a play to be on my Mount Rushmore of uh, Star Trek captains. Ooh, Mount Rushmore. Ca- I like that. I like that. Is um, Pike. Hmm. Like, and that's so interesting because you're talking about we're, mm. we're now in a, a renaissance of mm. like a, a new rebirth, if you will, of Star Trek. Mm. If you had asked me two years ago, Pike wouldn't have been a thought. Mm-hmm. Right. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, he might be in the top two or three, definitely top four. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm if if this trajectory continues, I can't wait for this next season. Mm-hmm. I'm really feeling pipe. I just ordered my, I uh, got my, Ooh. my Str- strange new worlds phaser. So nice for cool? the audio only listeners. Tony is showing off a really cool strange new worlds phaser. Yeah. <laughs> All the bells and whistles. Yeah, I've uh, been I've been also trying to. Grow my Pike's peak out as well. It's tough. It's looking good, Tony. It's a tough. It's a tough do. It is. It is. It's very I'm impressive. Like when I'm watching the episode, trying. I just find myself just staring at his hair. I'm just like I'm mesmerized by it. <laughs> I would. Yeah. I wonder what it's like. I recently got to meet um, Tan France in person from the Queer Eye series, who also has pretty iconic gray hair with a big sure. swoop and like seriously not a hair out of place. And I was like, yeah. I wonder if he has like an insurance policy on his hair. Like does, <laughs> does Paramount have insurance on Anson's yeah. like hairline? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they also use a lot of wigs. Almost all television shows use wigs mm. for continuity purposes, but mm. um, they're doing a great job. <laughs> 
Um, I wanted to ask, I, we've heard a little bit about, um, you know, your story of Hero Within, um, but I had a question about like what um, fandoms do y'all decide to create apparel with? I know there's also like all of the licensing that goes into mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of that, that I'm sure is a fun bout of paperwork that no one really wants oh, yeah. to hear about. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, how do y'all decide what fandoms that you're kind of working with as a brand? Well, you know, for me, I, I have to... I'm really best motivated by creating merchandise around fandoms that I'm personally just passionate about. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like that um, I have to, you know, we've all gone to cons. We've all um, shopped around and we've all experienced when something doesn't, doesn't come from an authentic place, you know, whether it's um, interaction or it's a piece of merchandise or, um, whatever it is, it, it, things that feel like a cash grab or just feel like, oh, they're just kind of, they're phoning this in, you know? And, and uh, before I was doing Here Within, you know, I was uh, blogging and creating and podcasting with my website, uh, Crazy for Comic Con, where I just travel to different cons and, you know, moderate panels and and all that stuff. And, you know, I always told myself that, if I ever was in a position to create merchandise for fans, that it would come from an authentic place. So, um, so when we started here within, you know, we've had to, we've been fortunate to be able to work with some awesome brands like Marvel and DC and others. And um, for me, it's always just come from, I, I have to feel like that I am absolutely love with this brand at this particular point. And um, I see, look out in the market and just see, fans that um you know kind of a, a void in the market and you know we can fill it with certain things and so when we, we 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 when we capes right when, <laughs> when i um I, I uh when we first picked up star trek it was back in um 2019 um we barely had anything for it it was like we just started with it and if you can kind of remember go back with me to 2019 um you know, there was very little new happening with Star Trek. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't it, it wasn't all these shows that we're experiencing now. No Lower mm-hmm. Decks, no Strange New Worlds. Um, I think it was all, just the maybe the beginning of the yeah. second season of Disco, right? Yeah, yeah. it was at, still at the very you know beginning, but that was really that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so when it started out, there honestly was not that much demand for Star Trek. Like we were realizing that um, you know all the more more glitzier stuff like marvel and stuff were were on the rise but the star trek demand was just kind of low and so to kind of see over the course of the few years of course we had the pandemic and we have paramount plus launch and everything like that um like this just see it blow up and just mm. see like fans just reinvigorated and their love for you know star trek sort of renewed and um so you know it, so for me it's it has to come from a genuine place and to see kind of what has happened in the past few years with Star Trek, the sort of renaissance of Star Trek ex- experience right now could not bring me any greater joy. And it's so fun to be able to create stuff that, you know, fans, you know, love and are excited about and get, you know, I have all kinds of hot opinions about, and, um, you know, we get all kinds of suggestions to do this or that and fix this and that and do this and that and whatever. And um, to, to be able to do that now during this particular season of, era of star trek is a is a a huge privilege so so yeah that's you know that's kind of where i don't want to do things that i don't love like i don't want to there's a whole like you know 
My Little Ponies and Bronies and all that, awesome. But I don't know anything about that. So I just can't see myself. I'm sure I could find people that can do that. But I have to feel like if I'm going to be the spokesperson and really push things out, I have to personally love it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I um, was thinking about what's like the strangest um, or strangest, maybe the most creative request you've ever gotten for a piece of merch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I get, um, uh, I've gotten a lot of requests from the, from the medical community. So hmm. people that want me to make pop culture branded, like, um, scrubs or oh. doctor, hmm. doctor, uh, the, sure. the, what's it called? The robes, the jackets, the long, what the mm-hmm. coats, whatever they're, they're, um, so I get a lot of that. Uh, I get a lot of aqua wear, like people want me to make, um, um, what's it called? Wetsuits. So um, I get a lot of, you know, wetsuit sure, branded sure. stuff. Yeah. Surfers um, want a rep. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, An Aquaman wetsuit would be kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, so get get a lot of that. Um, of course, pets. We get a lot of pets. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of. Can you can you outfit my iguana or chihuahua or whatever that is? Um, I mean, everything you can think of, you, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's really kind of comical, like every corner, a lot of military stuff, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of firemen, police where, I mean, just literally every possible. Everyone's like, I want of. my niche and this yeah. niche to come yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely, definitely a lot of, a lot of that. So that's cool. I, um, this past weekend, I went to the Austin Television Festival, um, which I highly recommend if anyone's ever looking to attend. It's a great time. Um, and I went to this really interesting panel that was kind of on the importance of physical media and how it's been disappearing. And this was it was um, mostly from the point of view of like creators of television and how like um like i don't know if y'all know but like the simpsons don't create box sets of their show anymore mm-hmm. and i was like oh it's really interesting because i feel a bit spoiled in in the trek um sphere about like i can order blu-ray copies mm-hmm. of all of the trek shows right now mm-hmm. but it was interesting because on that panel they're like literally that could change tomorrow if the yeah. demand even dips just like a little bit sure, they could sure. just decide that it's not worth it mm-hmm. um and they had the um woman who wrote and created the show um dickinson um uh which was great on from apple tv highly recommended if you're into emily dickinson poems um and uh she was like she had to like hound (laughs) apple to get she got four copies of her show on on Mm blu-ray um and so she has one and then she gave one to like the emily dickinson museum in amherst one to like a television library at harvard and one to like the amherst library so that it was like this can exist somewhere but i thought that was just so wild so it's interesting to hear like you know, as these fandoms continue to rise and it's like, I know within the fandom communities, we're all like pretty avid consumers and purchasers of these things, but it's like, they could be gone tomorrow if they decide Mm -hmm. that they don't want to have it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's interesting. Um, Just putting that out there. That's really just my call to arms for everyone to say that you should be demanding DVD copies of your favorite TV shows. (laughs) And if you use our code. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I just think that's interesting. Um, you mentioned cons. So like purchasing a lot of the um, products or seeing products at cons that might not necessarily be like kind of up to par or you can tell it's people who are just like not actually a part of the fandom. So mm-hmm. 
spoiler alert, like I've been to South by Southwest, lots of big film festivals, but I've never been to a con and I am going to San Diego oh. Comic-Con this year for the yeah. first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what advice would you have for people starting to, to attend cons? What do you wish you knew your first con? <laughs> well, um, you know, I've written extensively about, about mm. the first time experience on my crazy for Comic-Con website. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, what's so great about a con is that whether it's your first time or it's your millionth time, it's, they're so fun. They're so awesome. And it truly is one of the only places that you can go to where you feel like, Oh, like I really do belong to a, a sort of a larger majority of, of weirdos. And it's awesome, you know, and, and um, you know, growing up, I, besides the fact of not having other Asians around, there were other geeks around. And so mm-hmm. I'd always longed to be in a space where people kind of understood me and related to me and all that. So, so I think that for re for it is sincerely the, the, the most um, uh, positive thing that you can experience at a con is just that kind of sense that we're all together in this. Um, but, you know, I think the other big part is that the um, whole idea of, uh, infinite diversities and infinite combinations. The fact that when you go to con, it is such a great experience to just experience so many different other fandoms. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many things out there that uh, it is truly remarkable. Like every time I go to a con, how much new stuff that I'm learning, you know, and, and I'm like, every time I don't recognize a cosplayer, I'm like, that's anime, right? That has to be. Anime right there. <laughs> and uh, you know, and just to see in the past couple of years, especially since the post pandemic anime has come on so mm-hmm. strong at cons mm-hmm. i mean it is just taken over even for those who are going to san diego this this year you'll see that there's like a significant growth in the you know the anime industry um especially in, when it comes to conventions and so um so just to like go with an open mind and to um to experience new cons if you go to san diego comic-con you have to do this whole rigmarole of getting it if you want to get into a panel that you want to see you have to get into the room like you know, hours and hours earlier just to make sure you're in that room. So when you're in that room, you end up watching all these panels that you would not have wanted mm-hmm. to attend. And from it, you're, I mean, I, I've talked to, so, this happened to me. I talked to so many people that became huge fans of something new because they just sort of like sat through something and saw the actors and watched the, the reels and all that and became like huge fans. And so, so when you go to con, it's just a great opportunity. Don't just stick to your own thing, like branch mm-hmm. out, exp- explore, try some new things, hang with some new fans and you'll be surprised by the things that you fall in love with. Mm. That's great. Clyde or Paul, have either of you done a con before? Yeah, I've, I've, I've done a few. Uh, for Comic-Con, I would say bring good shoes. <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's, that's, that's the key thing. Bring good shoes because you're walking a lot. Yeah. Uh, like like Chupi just mentioned uh, Dragon Con. Dragon Con is like one of my favorite cons. It's like you just go for pe- people watching. It's crazy. We'll be exhibiting for the first time this year at Dragon Con. Oh, awesome! So. Yeah. Yeah. Dragon Con is great. Yeah, I, nice. I, I love Dragon Con. Yeah, uh, that one's in Atlanta, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's like in August, I think. No, August? it's no, it's uh, September. September. Okay, yeah. So, so beginning September. It, it's been a while, but yeah, it's like but, the world's biggest cosplay show. So yeah, wow. like those are those are two that I go like are renowned you know mm-hmm. uh you know I, I think when i in my heyday when i went to uh comic-con uh, san diego comic-con like i think it had become really popular to for the industry to go down and like you know preview stuff like you know like 
I remember when Star Trek, uh, when they, what you call it, the uh, the Joss Whedon, J.J. Abrams panel was out yep. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like that had pluses and minuses to it. Like, you know, like, uh, and I think for all of it, like, people have gone like, oh, uh, the juice isn't as worth the squeeze for, a, <laughs> for the industry. So now I feel like it's come more back to the fans a little bit. So mm-hmm. I, and I think that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Just my hot take. What do I know? <laughs> yeah, no, um, Mariah. So for me, you know, I've been to South by Southwest. I've been to um, ATX. Like I used to go to ATX mm-hmm. all the time, but I haven't really been to a, a, like a Comic Con. Mm. Um, now that being said, I, I'm the guy who hasn't been, but you know, right after Comic-Con, like I'm reading all the articles, right? I'm looking at all the pictures and going, oh, this is amazing. And oh, I can't believe that this was said, Um, but I haven't been. um, So I'm a a big fan from afar. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. Long time listener, uh, first time caller. First time caller, (laughs) yeah. First time, first time for San Diego for you then. This is going to be awesome. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. It's going to be really cool. Um, What, so you attend a lot of them. Um, I feel like you've probably been to at least... uh, all the ones I could probably even think of. Are yeah. there any in particular that you think are like unsung heroes of cons that you're like, this is one that like, if more people like it would, it's a hidden gem, if you will. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. That's yeah. That's a good question. I mean, every con is, is offers its own unique thing. I mean, I probably, honestly, the, the, and this is not, I'm not pandering to the listeners, but, but the, the one that I've been, so excited for and really so impressed by is um uh star trek las vegas Mm. and uh i started going uh uh the first one was um right after the pandemic so or at least right at the tail end of it so it was like 2021 um so i've been this will be a third year to go and um you know, for the the size of the con, it's a pretty small convention, and it's only the size of this of this hotel ballroom, this certain mm-hmm. hotel ballroom. And uh, so, you know, vendor wise, there's maybe I don't know, maybe fifty vendors. It's not that many, um, but the fan to celebrity ratio, as far as the you know the talent is concerned, is is um, really amazing. It really is truly amazing. Like the access that you have to. Um, the cast of all these different shows and the um, and you know, it's a five day show. So it's just like, you just talking Trek like 24 seven for five days straight. <laughs> and um, uh, it, it really is like, it's really it, like, it feels like it could be like 10 times larger, but mm. the fact that it's, it's intimate and um, you truly can just, um, there may be lines for certain um, celebrities, but you, you know, it's not that long, not, not, you know, I go to all the big ones like San Diego and New York and WonderCon and all, you know, all these ones that you have to like wait in line for just like hours and hours. And these are like so modest, these, the lines and, and um, of course the panels are awesome. But to me, it's like, um, it's very low key because everyone's there for five days. So no one's rushing to get anywhere. Cause you can, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be there for five days. And so, so um, again, this, just the, just the access to the, the talent is, really remarkable and so if you are you know a big fan of star trek um it really is like i I think it's best bang for your buck because it's not that it's not that crowded and the lines aren't aren't that long and um you'll meet more of the cast than you'll ever thought possible 
Yeah. I, uh, that's good to know. Cause yeah, I, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I like, um, not to keep plugging them, but the ATX television festival and like Clyde knows it's like, they keep it small. Like I've never, I think this was the first year I didn't get into one panel I wanted to go to. And it was because it was a micro panel and they only had like 40 seats available. So it was yeah. like yeah. this very niche, like, uh, time, but yeah, like I saw everything I wanted to see. I like was literally bumping shoulders with like Ted Danson because there was a cheers reunion. It was wild. Um, who, by the way, walks around the press room and introduces himself as like, hi, like I'm Ted Danson and everyone has to be like, we know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, very charming, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done Paul. You've done Las Vegas before, right? Sorry I was Vegas? there. Or were you just there at the same time? <laughs> I was there for my friend's 50th birthday party last year. Oh, it was man. at the Valley's. Yeah, and, and we're at the ballets. Yeah, yeah we're, we're we're playing roulette, and then there was this woman, and she had she was walking down the the casino floor in this badass pike jacket, like you know this gold pike jacket, and I go, oh right, it's here, and so I want to get a jacket like that, and I tried to get a day pass, and they sold out. Mm. And I was pissed. I was Aww. pissed. But but I, but now I'm in I'm in search for like a pike jacket, like you know there like. You go. Like a pike jacket I could wear every day. Kind there of you thing. go. I think, well, I think Tony has the website for you. <laughs> call me. It, uh, to, to, to plug another one is uh, a shameless plug is uh, I am the uh, main stage moderator for Awesome Con in DC in two weekends. So not this weekend, awesome. but next. And I'm really excited because we get um, I'll get a chance to interview um, like uh, Karen Gillian from oh, wow. Guardians mm-hmm. and the um, the, the, yeah, the cast from Lord of the Rings. But I'm super excited about is um, I'll be on stage with LeVar Burton. So <gasps> I'll get a chance to. Uh, yeah. So I'm Clyde. just. Clyde has died. I'm, I'm, Burton I'm, forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm super like, you know, just like flipping out because, um, yeah, that's going to be so awesome. So I'm excited, really excited about that. So if, so if you're in the DC area, um, June 16th through the 18th. Um, I'll be at awesome con, but yeah. That's cool. awesome. For awesome con. Um, (laughs) Are you allowed to share anything about San Diego comic-con yet? Uh, Well, um, it's okay. If you're not, we can say check the socials. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. um, You know, like if you follow here within, you know, that we always come out with new uh, exclusives for, um, for the show. Uh, We'll, so we'll definitely have, uh, a new selection of uh, some jackets. We'll also have some um, uh, some uh, bags, like sling bags. Uh, we'll have some of those. We'll have a new some new exclusive pins. Um, the uh, the big thing right now has been uh, our Star Trek Picard the um, the field jackets, okay. and so so we started uh, pre ordering during. Um, the season three and they really blew up. Like it was, we were completely overwhelmed with the orders that we got for the, um, for the field jacket. And um, the orders are now just now getting here. So we're actually shipping everything out right now. Uh, but the, but we'll have field jackets um, on hand um, to sell at the show. And so that will be a big, a big thing. Like people will definitely be that and the strange new worlds, um, the the way mission jacket the the gray leather jacket so both those jackets will be in super high demand at the, at the show and so 
Um, so while that isn't necessarily an exclusive, it'll feel like an exclusive because the fans will be that those two jackets will um, will sell out um, quick at, at the show. So um, so that's a big thing. And then um, we do have a, a pretty major um, announcement. It's too early to to share details on it, but in the past we've done like. Um, offsite events, uh, after parties and pre-parties and all that sort of stuff. And so all that to say is that we do have a big um, offsite um, experience planned. And so just can't tell you can't give details just yet because all the they're all details are sort of come together. But those that are listening can kind of plan and expect the big announcement to come out pretty soon about that. Very cool. So excited. Yeah. Um, we just have a few minutes left. So I thought I would just ask because next week is Strange New Worlds premiere for the second season. Is there anything you're looking forward to in particular or something you hope that happens this season? Well, I mean, I, I don't know how close they'll stick to canon, but like I am I am so shipping Chapel and Spock. <laughs> <laughs> like I just want that to, I want that to happen so badly I don't think it ever will I think they'll keep teasing us all the way into uh the Kirk era but um but you know I just I love that story I think that triangle that they have going on mm-hmm. um uh with the Pell the Prong the uh, who I can't remember it's Pring fiance Pring what's her name one of the T yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, um uh anyway uh but that that little love triangle I'm just I'm completely obsessed with that. So I, I can't wait to see what goes on there. So, Yeah, I'm uh, really, I, I mean, to no surprise, I'm really excited about the the crossover episode with uh, with Lower Decks, oh, yeah. which I think is going to be episodes. So they released all the titles um, for the season, which I thought was interesting. Um, there's a couple that I'm like, that have sparked my interest a little bit uh, more than others. So there's like Among the Lotus Eaters, which I, which also has Davy Perez as one of the co-writers. And he did a lot of the more like thriller, uh, horror-y episodes. So I was like, this could get really fun. Maybe some fun mm-hmm. Odyssey vibes. Maybe we get <laughs> some interesting, I, I was like, something is in black and white on the poster. So I was like, maybe this has something to do with that. And then um, the, Gor- the old- Gorn could be back. Oh, I'm so excited for the Gorn to come back. Um, And then these old scientists, um, I think it's the seventh episode. I think that's going to be our crossover is my prediction. Uh, What what was the name again? What was the name of that one? Uh, Those old scientists. Interesting. Uh, Well, what makes you think that that's the crossover episode? Uh, Because I think that is a Mariner line talking about like the original, um, like talking about Kirk and Spock. Ah, mm. pretty sure that's a lower deck nice. joke. Okay. Is those old scientists? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think for me, there are three things I'm, I'm, I can't wait to know more about. Right. So when we left last season, Una was being arrested, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm. I, that's got to be resolved for me. So I'm, I'm really into mm. that. Um, I am also incredibly interested in to see who becomes the next chief engineer. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I need to know because I'm always fascinated by chief engineers. And then kind of the third piece is I, I need to deal with, you know, as we say on the pod, not my Kirk. I got to. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Not my Kirk. I, I need to, I need to mm. experience this and maybe we'll move from not my Kirk to maybe my Kirk by the end of the season. Uh, so the, okay. those are the kind of three things that I'm keeping a close eye on in anticipation of the season opener next week. Like 
for me, like, you know, not that anyone asked. <laughs> I asked everybody Paul. <laughs> uh, like the thing that I want to see that I didn't get serviced in uh uh in season 1 uh is Sam Kirk. Because like you know uh in TOS he dies. Mm-hmm. Like you know he he dies in the episode where Spock, you know, goes blind for a little bit because of the space parasites. Mm-hmm. Uh so like the fact that they brought him in like like I'd like to see his character fleshed out in some way, like, you know, mm. uh, such that, like, it, that episode means more to me. Mm. Because, like, you know, uh, that episode means really nothing to me. Oh, it's your brother. Oh, oh, well. Oh, oh Scott just got, Spock just got bit. You know, that, mm. that, 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 that's been, you know, uh, that, that's that episode. But, like, mm. but I, I feel like he's been, like, you only see Sam in the beginning the second episode and the last episode of season uh, mm. uh, right he's there mm. he's there going at the very end of the pilot he's there yeah. when they're trying to destroy the asteroid and he kind of mm-hmm. goofs and then he's at the very end in like you know in the season finale where tell me about your brother mm. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I hope that they I hope they use Sam as opposed to just let him fade, fade out mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'd like to see that too um tony is there anything else that you haven't talked about that you'd like to promote or plug that's coming up um i I, i'm somehow i'm exhibiting at a pokemon convention next weekend in orange county so um that's kind of interesting uh as a side kind of gig and hustle with my kids we buy sell and trade pokemon cards and so you know if you're into that and you're in anaheim then come to card party um and, you know, I already mentioned this already, but in a couple of weekends, uh, Awesome Con in, in D.C., so that would be great, too. Um, we'll be, our next stop for here within will be uh, San Diego Comic Con, of course, in July. And then that's followed by um, a cut, just like, geez, 10 days later, whatever, it's going to be uh, Star Trek Las Vegas. So that's going to be here before we know it. And then Dragon Con in September, uh, New York Comic Con in uh, October. And so um, you can catch us. At any those of those shows. flyer miles really add yeah, up. <laughs> right. they are, yeah, they do. Transporter but, uh, fees. <laughs> Transporter fees. I know. Like, I cannot wait till we make transporters a thing because it will sure make it a lot easier on, on all of us that travel so much. But, but yeah. So you know, we'll be all those uh, cities, and it's going to be you know really great. We I love this this time of year between July and August because um, it's like high, you know, a lot of traffic, a lot of travel, and a lot of interaction with fans and. And yeah, I can't, I can't wait. So great. Um, thank you again for joining us. This was such yeah. a fun delight. I love hearing everyone's journey with Star Trek and um, getting to finally meet. I was like, I always joke. I was like, I have so many friends on the internet. That, like we all like love and enjoy a lot of the same things and we interact in those spaces. So it's always nice to put um, faces and voices to the tweets <laughs> that we see on the internet. Um, thank you to everyone who joined us live. We appreciate your questions. Um, the audio episode will be up this weekend. Um, and we will be back next week for the premiere of Strange New World. Very exciting. We are going to start a half an hour later because I had I have to work late. <laughs> and, um, sometimes life happens. But we will be live streaming. We will be, we will be live. We will have the episode up. I'm so excited to dig into this season. Um, you can find us at startrekpod.co for all of our links. Um, and I think that's it. Live long and prosper, everybody. Yeah. Bye. At Star Trek Pod. 
yeah. at Star Trek Pod. Thanks, Chippy. Thanks, Thanks Karen. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Bye.